Welcome back to the Vintage Inspiration Podcast with Circle K, Sasquatch, and Smurfette. For context, those aren't our real names, and we are students at a private high school. Today's episode is about LGBTQ plus rights. But first, here's a quote. Don't seek, inject. For reference, that was a joke. We use this quote maker called Inspirobot in every episode and choose relevant quotes. Okay, anyways, to get started, the LGBTQ community, even though it has been recognized more recently, it has origins in many ancient civilizations. And that's actually interesting to think about because in a way we're going backwards. We're not we're not following our what our ancient civilizations were doing. We're going in the reverse way, which is kind of interesting to think about. For example, in the Siwa Oasis in ancient Africa, gay marriage was a common practice and tribal chiefs would have male concubines. Similarly, in um, ancient China too, nearly every emperor in the Han Dynasty had at least one male partner and many ancient texts had examples of homosexuality. Another example of homosexuality is in Hindu and Vedic texts. There are a lot of examples of gods taking different forms and with them different sexes. For example, Lord Vishnu turned into the form of a woman named Mohini and bore a baby god with Lord Shiva. Even in ancient Greece, there were still ideas of Erastes and Aramnos. And uh, this was the idea that of um, having an older man in a relationship with an adolescent boy, which was a practice praised by Plato. There was, an, there was even an island called Lesbos with a poet named Sappho, and she often wrote about female infatuation with one another. And in ancient Rome, there was also a goddess called Cybele, who was worshipped by people who um, dressed as females and castrated themselves. It was also a common practice to have homosexual relationships between higher and lower class males. Um, there was also a Roman emperor named Elagabalus. I'm sorry if I completely mispronounced that name, who was considered to be transgender. In ancient Assyria, homosexuality was allowed in um, regular society, but it was but it was only allowed if it was consensual, obviously, but it was condemned in the um, military. Okay, now that we've gone through some ancient history, let's transition into a section of LGBTQ history that's more recent. More specifically, it's history in the US since the 19th century. In order to find out how it kind of became frowned upon, I guess. So starting with a bit before the Civil War, most of the states actually forbid sodomy, and in some colonies, the death penalty was a punishment for this. Um, Yeah, so in the 19th century, they used a term called manly love, which is the idea of two men being friends, but really, really close friends. And this is brought up in um, Walt Whitman's books, and Walt Whitman's a pretty famous author. Um, His book called Native Moments and also Song of Myself. In the 1920s, there was a new wave of social acceptance of homosexuality and a bunch of like clubs that were for gay people that were called gay clubs were able to run openly and many actors opened up as being gay. But after that, in the 1930s, the U.S. became a bit more conservative. 
And with that, they took on Victorian values and morals. And because of that, LGBTQ plus people were considered as mentally ill and they resent psychiatric institutions. But further along in World War II, lesbian women were actually allowed to work in factories because their masculinity helped with factory work. This led to things like the women's movement, the civil rights movement, and the gay liberation movement, which helped expose abuse in psychiatric institutions. Yeah, and also around this time, um, there was something called a lavender scare. And this is basically a uh, type of homophobia that occurred because people were afraid because there were more homosexuals in the government, so they didn't trust their government, which to me makes, it's not a very logical argument, but I guess that's what people felt in that time. The gay, liber- um, the gay liberation movement, it started with the Stonewall riots, and that was like a series of spontaneous demonstrations by the members of the gay community. And that was in response to a police raid at the Stonewall Inn in 1969. But this wasn't exactly the start of the end of the LGBTQ rights movement. For example, the HIV AIDS epidemic was mainly associated with gay men, and they were discriminated against for that fact. But towards the end, people had more sympathy for the LGBTQ community because numbers were rising and heterosexual icons were also dying. In 1961, I believe, Illinois was the first state to um, decriminalize homosexuality. And Netherlands in 2001 was the first country to entirely legalize same-sex marriage. For reference, in the US, 2015 was the year when uh, same-sex marriage became legalized, effectively. While um, same-sex marriage is legal and the LGBTQ plus community is a bit more normalized now, this does not mean that there's no struggles here. There are so many pop culture examples of being discriminated against or criticized because a person was a member of the LGBTQ community. And, you know, um, there's pop culture icons and there's also like regular people who face the same problem so it's it's actually a pretty big problem and one very um like big example of this is harry styles and in general one direction during his time in one direction harry wasn't allowed to sit next to louis and that um, that was because management didn't want to lose fans or money by implying that they liked each other or that they were gay. And One Direction members weren't allowed to wave the LGBTQ plus flag on stage, but this rule was eventually broken. Yeah, and Harry Styles, um, in November 2020, he appeared on the cover of Vogue in a dress. and. This, for some reason, brought huge amounts of debate with some people saying like, oh, that's a good thing, like toxic masculinity is bad and it's it's good that men should also be able to express themselves in, in ways that they want to, whether it be in a dress, whether it be wearing makeup, etc. And on the other side, there was people like Candace Owens who said things like bring back manly men, whatever that means, but yeah. Yeah, similarly to what Circle K and Smurfette were saying about One Direction members, and specifically Harry Styles, 
there are still closet celebrities who are LGBTQ+, but they're told to stay in the closet or not come out about their sexuality for the same reasons as these One Direction members. Yeah, so Lil Nas X is probably one of the most well-known homosexual celebrities, and he wore a purple dress to the VMAs. Like, you go, you do whatever you want to do, because I will support you. Um, But a lot of people criticize him for having too much choreography in his music videos, but they're fine when straight people do the same thing, which means that there's like, um, that's implying that they only criticize him because he's homosexual, not because they actually dislike having too much choreography. Exactly. And Billy Porter was the first gay black man to be nominated and win in any lead actor category at the Emmys. Ellen DeGeneres is also a very well-known member of the LGBTQ plus community. And um, Taylor Swift had a song called You Need to Calm Down. And in that song, well, first of all, the lyrics are about stopping hate to the LGBTQ plus community, which is a very like important topic. But the even better thing is that in that music video for that song, she has a bunch of cameos from over 20 plus, like from over 20 um, LGBTQ plus figures, including Ellen DeGeneres, Ciara, Katy Perry, Ryan Reynolds, Laverne Cox, Billy Porter, Adam Rippon, Andrew Paul. But while that was good, the government and media still have some very significant reservations about the LGBTQ plus community. For example, in Florida, I remember, transgender girls were banned from sports teams, and gay conversion therapy is still legal in so many states. And there's still so many other issues, like trans and gay people are still, still face uh, employment discrimination, housing discrimination, education discrimination, and they have unequal access to health care. Yeah, and in addition to that, the LGBTQ plus community is portrayed with themes of vulnerability, victimization, and the need for institutional um, protection. I mean, they're strong people, they're strong individuals by themselves, and all they're doing is just fighting for equal rights. And along with that, like a lot of religions and cultures, they're also discriminatory towards LGBTQ plus rights. For example, Indian parents don't like same-sex marriage and they see it as um, kind of like spoiling of your life. And also in the TV show Glee, the character Santana, an Afro-Latina lesbian, comes out to her grandmother. And because of that, her grandmother kicks her out of the house. Yeah, and there are so many toxic standards as well that make people take a stance against LGBTQ rights. Because men um, are supposed to be masculine, and it's often insulting to their idea of masculinity if they like makeup and they can't be sissies. Yeah, I mean, toxic masculinity is a huge problem. We kind of already mentioned that because they're almost pressure, society pressures them into thinking that they have to be like masculine and it's frowned upon if, if if they like wear a dress or if they like makeup because that somehow reduces their masculinity. And an example of this um, toxic masculinity is in the TV show Victorious where the character Robbie continuously tells his friends that he used his bar mitzvah money to buy makeup. And his friends tell him to stop doing that because apparently it makes him less masculine. 
Another like huge example of toxic masculinity is in superhero and comic books. So all superheroes, they have a very specific head to stomach to arm muscle ratio. That's very, very unrealistic. Like it makes no sense for your head to be as big as your abs and your biceps, you know? And that's like super unhuman and their muscles are like way too big, right? And that's a really bad representation of it because that causes people, like the people around them, like the people, even the people who act them, like for example, um, the actors in those movies, in the movies that are made for the superhero comics, um, they have to get like, muscles that are up to that standard and that's really um like it's it's very impossible to obtain and it's not good but um lgbtq representation in superhero superhero comics has somewhat increased for example the um the character loki is bisexual and gender fluid while wonder woman is queer um harley quinn is also queer green lantern is gay and um, the Robin portrayed by Tim Drake is queer. Yeah, throughout history, I can't deny that there haven't been many advances in LGBTQ plus rights, but we still can't ignore that um, many biases and stereotypes still exist against LGBTQ plus people and that take away from their movement. Yeah, and um, I just want to put this out there. If, if you're in the closet and you don't know um you feel like you can't come out because of societal pressures just know that we love you and we will always support you and um that's it for today's episode thank you for listening to the vintage inspiration podcast and make sure to tune into the next episode